I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. When people share, oh, I need six figures or I had this big of a launch and everything. Awesome. Great. Super happy for you. But like, I want to know the why and the how and like everything that goes on behind the scenes. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. This is episode 104. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We would love to know what you think. For today's episode, we're chatting about whether or not content creation can help you make six figures. Spoiler alert, it can. And uh, our guest is going to show you how. Uh, But before we go any further, Jesse, what are you drinking today? So I've actually been enjoying a very simple but delicious cocktail, uh, gin and tonics. I I don't know. I used to, we've talked about this before on the show. I used to not like gin. Now I like gin. And so I picked up a new fresh bottle of Bombay and lime and some tonic. That sounds amazing to me. Yeah, very refreshing. Uh, I... Went to a restaurant over the weekend and they had, uh, it was called the Thirsty Moose. Mm. And it was in Manchester, New Hampshire. And they had a, a moose margarita and it's a mocktail. But I'll tell you, it tasted like exactly the same as a real margarita. Ooh. And it was absolutely delicious and i wish i I, you know i could probably look up the the menu online but they had like a specific brand of like mocktail whatever Mm. um stuff and uh it's actually like the second really good mocktail i've had in a long time well not in a long time i should say in the last couple of months i had another one at this place called diego's in newport and Mm -hmm. i think i want to say it was like the same like company that made these these mock liquors oh, or, interesting. or um spirits or whatever you want to call them yeah really really good um and it was nice because i i didn't feel like i could pass out afterwards because usually <laughs> that's what happens after a margarita <laughs> especially in some place like you know the border cafe or something like that I'm uh-huh. like, margarita and done all right uh-huh. yep. uh well it's good that we have our wits about us now because we have some really important business uh to attend to with our guests mallory musante who made over six figures last year thanks to the help of content creation so let's dive into that discussion with her Mallory Musante is a brand and marketing strategist helping small businesses create a bigger impact through strategic marketing. With over a decade of experience in the marketing industry, building seven businesses and helping 200 plus small businesses, business owners grow their brands, Mallory truly understands what it takes to create a magnetic presence that naturally attracts and connects with a brand's ideal audience. Today, we're going to chat with Mallory about how much she made in 2022. Yes, that's right. We're talking numbers, but we're also going to talk about how content creation contributed to that revenue. Mallory, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited to have you. Before we get into the really good stuff that we're so excited to chat about, this is Cocktails and Content Creation, so we must start off with what are you drinking today? I am drinking a mocktail, and it is just ginger ale, cranberry juice, and top it off with a little sherbet. So we've got a little foam going on. Oh my goodness. That sounds delicious. Is it, it is. warm where you are? 
No. I mean, I'm in North Carolina, so it's warmer, oh. but it's not super warm. I'm just pretending it's some Warmer than 30 degrees with a wind chill of 20-something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's probably like 50s today. <laughs> I just don't know why I still live where I live when I hear when I hear this. All right. Well, I gave a short intro about you, but let's hear from you. Give us a brief intro of your journey and what it is that you do. Well, I don't know if it'll be brief because my business journey has been quite the roller coaster. Um, but so right now, obviously, I am a marketing strategist, um, kind of affectionately called the small business CMO, where I basically just help small businesses get really strategic with their marketing through building marketing strategies, implementing those strategies, and kind of ongoing consulting to make sure that they are staying on the right track. Because um, I'm sure you guys know, um, a lot of small businesses just kind of like jump in, get started. That's like my favorite part about working with small business owners is they're just super scrappy and you know are ready to roll. But there gets they get to a point where it's like, okay, I need to like actually have a plan and be more strategic about this. So I that's where I come in. I step in. I help them kind of figure out the path forward to create a more sustainable business for themselves. But I've been doing this for, you know, we said over a decade, but I think it's actually close to 15 years. Um, I went to college for marketing. At, that's actually where I started my first business, um, which is like totally different than what I'm doing now. It was um, shoe design. <laughs> I actually would do uh, create hand-painted women's shoes. Really? Yes. Um, I know. That is very random. different. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Do you still have them? Do you still have any? I do. I know someone that does that. So a woman that briefly helped uh, before she had a went back to work full time. She was a photo assisting me. This is um, going back like three or four years now, and that's what she does. She buys shoes, hand paints them. She has like an Etsy store, I think. But then she also does did like a lot of custom work. Yeah. Yeah, mine were mainly brides. Um, they they wanted to have custom shoes for their wedding day. Um, that was a lot of fun, but I get why a lot of designers also have CEOs because it's a lot to manage. So through that, I realized, you know, I really like more of the business side of things, which is like no shocker because that's what I went to school for. Um, but from there I transitioned into starting an online accessories boutique where I wasn't actually creating any of it. I was just buying straight from uh, manufacturers, reselling, kind of going from there. And then, you know, during this time, I also had a full-time job. That job was extremely toxic. So we were, I was trying to figure out a way to get out. And my coworker and I were like, why don't we just do this on our own? So we started our own branding, web design, and social media agency did that for five years. And then during 2020, like most people, um, I had a huge transformation and a lot of realizations during the pandemic and realized, you know, as much as this has been great and has allowed me to be a full-time entrepreneur, buy a house on my own and everything, I just was no longer fulfilled by that specific work that we were doing. So I stepped away And then during 2021, the first half of the year, I just kind of was trying a million different things, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So in that time, I started kind of, I call them businesses. Maybe they're more hobbies, 
but I treated them all as businesses because I don't know how to do otherwise. (laughs) And that brought me to July of 2021. I had a couple of opportunities from past clients that needed some marketing help. And I said, you know what? My FU fund is getting a little low, so I need to make some money. (laughs) Let me you know, start doing this. And it just kind of took off from there. And, you know, now we're we're here. I'm really fulfilled. I've built a business that feels much more aligned with me. And I am happy to help my clients do the same. Now, it's it's funny. I feel like we've heard some a similar story from so many of the people we've had, you know, um, kind of not feeling fulfilled at the full-time job, deciding to go out on the on their own, like not entirely sure what was going to happen, going through a couple of iterations of their business. Um, but to come from 2021, where you were like kind of just throwing spaghetti at the wall to 2022, which we'll get into in a second, that's quite the transformation mm-hmm. because you came onto our radar because uh, I had actually sent Jesse an Instagram post that you had you had posted um, where you, you did something not a lot of entrepreneurs, I feel like, are brave enough to do. You actually revealed how much you made on Instagram in 2022, and then you broke it down on a monthly basis to show your audience that not every month is going to be that big moneymaker. But that was, as I said, I feel like it was a very gutsy move. First off, why did you decide to share this with the world, essentially? So I want to preface this with, you know, it wasn't just jumping into like this, revealing this big thing. I have gotten really comfortable sharing more of the back end of things. Um, I, you know, throughout the entire year, I actually sent a monthly newsletter to my list, breaking down what worked and what didn't every single month. Um, so I got really comfortable doing that. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, you know, getting comfortable with that vulnerability and everything. But my biggest reason for why I wanted to do this is I feel like so many people online and I get it like money is like t- traditionally a taboo topic. So we don't really want to talk about it. Right. But when people share, oh, I made six figures or I had this big of a launch and everything, awesome, great, super happy for you. But like, I want to know the why and the how and like everything that goes on behind the scenes, because I've been in business long enough to know that there's so much that happens behind it that I want to actually know. Um, So I try to take that approach with my own business of being really transparent and showing people, you know, it, it essentially helps, you know, sell my services. But the real reason is because I know how discouraging and frustrating it can be to to see all of this other content out there touting these big, you know, successes, but you're kind of like, but how do I do that for myself? So I like to give people some of that insight to help them kind of get to that point. So that post was really sort of an uplifting uh, you know, thing to the world saying like, yeah, if you average this out, you're making, you know, you could be making that, but just because you make a 2k month doesn't mean that you're like on track to only make 2k months for the rest of the year. And then, yeah. So I really, you know, I appreciate that because I do feel like there is a lot of noise out there. And so much of my Instagram and Facebook are just inundated with like coaches being like, do this, make 10K months, do this, make 10K months. And it's like, oh my goodness, if I see one more of these like posts, I'm going to lose my mind. 
because I've taken a look at my numbers and the same thing, like one, like one month, it was like triple of what I like normally make. And I'm like, you know, and, and my business is a little bit seasonality, not so much that I, you know, now that I do branding and I'm inside a lot, I can shoot throughout the year, but for businesses that are especially seasonal, they're going to have those fluctuations, but not try not to get discouraged because in a 12 month period, it averages out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many factors that go into why your income could fluctuate too. Like my lowest month actually was because I was traveling during that time. So I actually was consciously not taking on clients and everything. And honestly, like in the back of my mind, I was like, oh gosh, like if I didn't take this, it, it was a month long trip. So it was long. Oh, um, but I, wish I was doing that. My goodness. Um, so I knew that that was going to happen and everything, but you know, in the back of my mind, when I'm coming back from that trip, I'm like, okay, like it's go time. Like if I actually want to make six figures, like now I need to make extra because, um, May was like a $4,800 month or something like that. 40, Um, 4881. I'm looking at the Instagram post right now. I love it. But then, um, I mean, the next month you did, you know, over six, almost, almost seven. Mm-hmm. And then the next was six. And then the next month, August was 12, over 12,000. Yeah. And the caveat there is then it goes back down to the 6,000 range right. in September because I kind of fell into the trap, which I know better because I've done this for so long, but I still fell into it of like, I got so busy that mm-hmm. I wasn't marketing myself. So it went back down a little bit. Yeah. And then, you know, the end of the year kind of kept growing and growing. Um, so I wanted to illustrate that too, because what really happened from the beginning of the year to the end of the year is all every action I've taken and effort I've made is now starting to snowball. So it's building up. So I was able to have those much larger months at the end of the year, which ended up taking me over at the six-figure mark. Right. And you, I'm just going to say you got to like just again, we're talking numbers here, mm-hmm. almost $110,000. And you actually, yeah. you're you're down to the cent on yeah. how much you made. You were very exact, um, which I, again, I appreciate. Um, so, it, but it is interesting to see that, that breakdown. We'll link up to this post um, on the show notes just so that people can see that. Because again, it really is interesting to see kind of the different levels. And, and as you said, the jumps and then how it mm-hmm. snowballed at the end and, and learning I mean, the fact what what is also refreshing to me is the fact that you earned over six figures that almost one hundred and ten thousand dollars. But you're talking about what you learned during that time. You're not just sitting here kind of saying, yeah, I did it. I mean, which you could (laughs) because that's quite nice to make that money. Um, So, you know, obviously we're talking about it on this podcast. What has the reaction been from your audience so far? So. I also posted right before that, like, I think it was the day before I had posted about um, how I was setting like a conditional goal, but there I actually revealed um, what my 2023 revenue goal is, which is 250,000. So just casually trying to add $140,000 to my revenue. Um, So those two combined actually sparked a lot of conversations. And this is like really kind of like my goal with everything is like, I want people to be really comfortable asking me questions. Like I do not care. I'm an open book. I will obviously share the numbers with you, share my insight with you and everything. So a lot of people were like, wait, but like, how are you like, what's your plan to do that? 
So that was actually a lot of the conversation um, was people kind of putting those two together. Um, But also a lot of people just commented and said, you know, my income looked really similar to yours last year. And I think that is also a testament to like, this is common fluctuations in your monthly income is really common. And if you have, if you're a fairly new business owner, I think a lot of us probably think to ourselves that there's just going to be this consistent growth mm-hmm. or consistency across months. And it's just not going to be like that. That's the goal. That's what I would love to bring into 2023 is a little bit more consistency and growth after growth. But I know it's not realistic. Things happen. Life happens. You have a lot of different factors that play into it. So unless you have a full team that can you know, manage your business, if something happens, it's very unlikely that you're going to maintain that consistency. And a lot of people really confirmed that and just were were great, you know, sharing like, listen, our months were like almost the same. Yeah. No, it, it's, again, it's, it's interesting because I did read some of the comments and a lot of it was extremely positive. And as you said, a lot of people seeing a lot of the same stuff for me, um, seeing that was it almost kind of affirmed my my life choices too because like as Jesse said you know she saw the fluctuation in her income I certainly saw the 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 fluctuation in mine you know over the summer um you know I saw a bit of an uptick and then kind of a downtick in September and then around the holidays everything seems to go up for influencers it's just mm-hmm. yeah, and you know it's a very busy time for influencers and bloggers so I definitely see it but I'm thinking this year I'm going to actually have to be taking some time off over the summer so thinking going forward you know this post has kind of inspired me to look at okay well what do I need to be making um or what goals do I need to be setting for myself to make sure that I'm doing what I need to be doing for that time I'm going to have to take off? Um, so we've kind of talked about how why it's okay to have that monthly fluctuation in income. How do you manage that? And what are your tips for managing that as a business Um that fluctuation like I'm thinking yeah, like so, my, I'm just thinking about this and and there's like a certain amount that I like need to make to cover my business expenses alone like each month I have set expenses and if I don't make that my bills don't get paid and I'm talking yeah. like like paying Kate to do my blog post paying my studio rent like my insurance for my business like my I'll accept all I'll the subs- from you Jesse <laughs> <laughs> all the subscriptions like my monthly expenses are kind of high which I need to look into see if I can get them lower but yeah, when we're talking fluctuation, how 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 would you tell someone that has a business that we know is naturally going to fluctuate to manage that? So a big thing that I do that gives me personally peace of mind, this may or may not work for other people, but I keep a, a decent size chunk of money in my business um, account just so I know if it's a lower month, I can still cover all of those bills and I don't have to like think about it. Um, So that is just like a nice little like security blanket for me where I'm just like, and like, I keep like a significant amount. Like I try to keep it around 10,000. So I know that, you know, I'm good. I, I essentially look at that as my business emergency fund. So, you know, I'm gonna be dipping into that, you know, first before I'm doing like my personal emergency fund. And I also factor my salary into my expenses. 
Um, so knowing what that, like, I call it my like survival number. So like the exact number I need to every month to cover all of my team members, myself, any subscriptions, just any of those expenses, knowing what that number is. And that's always going to be like the primary goal for me. And this all depends on businesses, like the type of business, but having monthly reoccurring revenue is also really nice. Um, So you know you have a set amount that's coming in. So that's always like one of my goals of like, okay, what's like the range that I would like to be within that makes me feel a little bit more comfortable. I also do um, like, I call it stacking payments where I'm not getting paid up front. Like I know a lot of people love to have like paid in fulls. Like I am not that person. I do 50% up front, 50% on upon completion. So I know, you know, down the road a month, two months, I know what's coming into my business at a minimum. And then I can kind of start projecting like, okay, I want to take on this many clients this month, this many clients this month. And I can start kind of looking and seeing how I can book out. So again, that's really specific to my business and not all businesses are going to work that way, but that's kind of how I look at it. And then if I'm in a a month that is lower, I'm really going to just like focus primarily on what do I know that helps bring people in the door? So I focus a lot on attraction marketing, um, which has a lot to do with content marketing. So I'm very rarely doing outreach. But in those months, I know if I'm doing outreach to people to you know see if they, they need my services and everything, that's going to help me bring in more money. So whether it's that month or you know the next month or whatnot, um, it's going to start bringing people in. So would you say then, um, in addition to that sort of, I mean, it seems like, you know, your survive, what do you call it? Your survival expenses. Um, and you know, the way I always price my business, um, it's, you know, pretty simple. It's like, I know my expenses. I know what my goal is. I know based on that, how much I'm going to have to pay for taxes, blah, blah, blah. I can come up with numbers on like my, my monthly minimum, what I would like to make monthly. And then to your point, it's like, okay, so now I know what I want to make to at least cover what I, what I need so I can pay my bills. Um, And then, you know, being the strategic marketer that you are, you're like, how am I going to get there? How am I going to bring these clients in so that I can actually get money? (laughs) So, yeah. All right. Um, And the the other thing that I do, too, is if I do have a low month. So how I break down my goals is I'll have, you know, what my, my yearly goal is. And then I break that into quarterly and also into monthly. So I know what I need to make each month to hit that goal. And if I am low that month, I just add the difference into the others and then average that out. So, okay, for the next however many months, I need to be averaging this instead. So it helps kind of keep me on track. Um, and I, I do the same if I'm over, you know, if I hit over the goal number, I'll also factor that in and everything. Like, obviously, that'd be great if I'm, you know, consistently hitting over, but just, just so I mentally know, like, okay, instead of, you know, 15,000 this month, I need to make, you know, 1558 or like something, you know, so um, just kind of averaging that out. So I can kind of keep track of where I'm at um, and everything. So now you mentioned content marketing. And as this podcast is called Cocktails and Content Creation, we're going to tie it all back to the subject of content creation. 
how did you leverage exactly your content creation in your marketing strategy to attract paying clients to get you to this six figure mark that we all kind of want to shoot for? In a nutshell, how did you do it? I know. <laughs> I don't know if that's if we can get it in a nutshell. Give me all the details though. <laughs> well, I have a whole list that we can go through. So um so <clears throat> before you can create this like impactful content, I think we need to like take a step back and really think about our target market. And content creation is this really delicate balance between providing value and information to your audience, but also staying true to yourself and your brand. So, you know, I I like to really know my target market, my audience inside and out. So we're not just talking the, you know, typical like women in their 30s that own a business like i want to know like what makes them tick we're we're talking like we want to know them on like best friend level um so we want to know what what are they struggling with what are their needs what are they looking for what are their values cuz that is a really powerful way to connect with them on on a value based level um you know where are they even going for their information? So you can make sure you're creating content for the right platform. And then how are they also consuming content? Do they prefer to read it? Do they prefer to listen to it on a podcast? Do they prefer video? There's a lot of different formats. And a lot of that actually might, you know, we want to be as strategic as possible, but a lot of marketing is also experimentation and then using that data to refine what you're actually doing. So you know, we all want the actual answer, but it all is going to depend on your specific audience. So that's kind of where I start. And I actually think that's probably one of the biggest, most powerful pieces is I understand my target market inside and out. And I have key messaging. So so going from, you know, all of that information of like what they actually care about, what makes them tick, and then looking at what makes me unique as an individual and a marketer, and then developing key messaging. So I, you know, you want to have some key messaging that resonates with them, but also is like makes sense to you. Um, so having all of that, I think that has been the biggest factor in allowing me to grow so quickly. Um, so that's kind of like the first place I would start because when you have that key messaging, then it becomes really easy to create content because you kind of have these like guidelines to go by. And then I also use, you know, I'm all about making things like easier for myself and others. So you want to have that key messaging, but also using content pillars. And I actually use them and structure them in a way that's more of a funnel. So if you think about content pillars, I always use for myself and then advise my clients to use five different ones. And they are engagement content educational content, connection content, social proof, and then promotional content. So if you put those like um, engagement content is top of funnel, then educational, then connection, then social proof, and then you're funneling them into your promotional content. So I actually associate each of these content pillars with a piece of the no like trust factor. So you don't know what the no like trust factor. It's very basic. It's essentially people need to know you, like you, and then trust you before they purchase from you. So 
each of these is really connected to that. And I like to use this because it makes it just so much easier. So you're kind of like plugging and playing with your key messaging and within your content pillars. So you're making sure that a, you know, engagement content that's top of funnel, that is, you know, reels, um, you know, memes, you know, fun things that are really easily shareable that gets people in the door that, you know, gets pushed out to a lot of different people and they're going to see your content and then hopefully come back to your, your profile, look through more, follow you, you know, it's getting them in the door. That's getting to know you. That's the no piece of things. Educational is, you know, a variety of things. This is like my favorite piece of content for really anyone to, to share. Um, but that actually is, the reason it is my favorite is because it's builds no like and trust all in one piece of content. Um, so educational can be teaching on something, providing a tip that sh- gives people a quick win. So they associate a positive win with you and your brand, um, but also can be something like a perspective shift. So the post that we're talking about where I'm sharing my revenue that I would put under educational, but also um, connection. <laughs> So sometimes you can kind of like mix and match with them. Um, connection content. This is probably the one that's the hardest for people to wrap their head around. But this is meant to humanize your brand if you are not specifically your brand. Um, so you want to think about like the example I always use is like I, I share my dog on, on my stories all the time. She has nothing to do with marketing, but I share her. I talk about her. I like to go hiking. So I'll share my trips and information and everything on that. So it's not necessarily like about your brand, your business, your services, but it's a way, again, you're maybe connecting on those value-based level or, you know, interest-based level at a minimum with your target audience, providing a little bit more of a human connection, um, you know, personal stories, things like that. Um, you can also mix this with the next one that would be social proof and, and connection falls under um, the, the like factor and kind of the trust as well. Because if you're kind of opening up in a little bit more of a vulnerable way, that automatically builds trust for a lot of people. Social proof, again, testimonials. But if you don't have testimonials, you can still use this where you can share you know, statistics and things like that for um that kind of backs up what you're saying so it just kind of like provides proof that it works um i like to use this a lot with the connection piece because i find that if i just share a testimonial like to my feed like it gets no engagement so i like to tell stories um of a client something some revelation they had or something they learned or transformation they had something along those lines for my audience that's more impactful and then promotional content where you're literally just plugging what you have to offer. Um, so, you know, you're kind of like bringing them all through the entire funnel. Um, and you can even use this to like write your actual posts as well. Um, so, so there's a lot of different ways you can use this funnel. But that's kind of like one of my favorite ways. And I know, you know, if my content is feeling stagnant or I'm not getting engagement and the conversation started, I know it's because I'm missing a piece of the funnel. So I, I see this like, I, I'm total. I was taking a ton of notes. I'm like the note taker of the, yeah. the team here. And 
that's just what mm-hmm. I do. But I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is like a perfect outline for your like welcome sequence, your email mm-hmm. welcome sequence, yeah. like literally like first email, something like shareable or interesting or whatever. And then educational, like the tip, like what the tip and then connection. Oh, by the way, blah, blah, blah. Here's a photo of my dog. I don't know. Something, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. And then like, oh, by the way, my service like really works. And then, oh, you ready to buy? Here you go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You it's can perfect. use it for everything really. No, it's gene. I mean, to me, it seems genius. Cause I mean, like to use your content pillars is kind of doing double duty right there. Yeah. No, we're working smarter, not harder over here. That's what we like to try and do. We don't always follow our own advice, <laughs> right? But we try. We try. So you use, know, this is yeah. So using so 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 with the content and like tying this back to like how it helped you reach this you know six figure income for twenty twenty two. How much do you think? Like it really helped you get those clients. Like in your own opinion, like if you didn't. If you weren't on top of you, like you said, like the one month you did really, really good because you were so busy with clients and then you weren't able to do some of this and you notice. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know, maybe I'm like leading you to an answer, but like in your own opinion, like if you weren't doing any of this, like this content creation marketing. Yeah. I would have like no clients, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) Bringing endorsement for content creation, which we love. love I mean, before before hear. my first five figure month, I like gave myself because I don't personally like to create reels, but I obviously know they're super important. Um, yeah. So I gave myself a challenge where I was like, okay, like you need to primarily post reels, like, and I did that, and then I signed a ton of clients, and not all of them came specifically from Instagram, but. Um, I also like to to look at this is going to be different for everyone's business, but a lot of the times, like I actually get clients from Instagram, but a lot of my clients don't necessarily get them straight from Instagram. But I what I tell those clients is it's social media is still really important. And I like to con- look at it as like a supporting doc almost, where it's like, okay, cool, like they're they land on your website from SEO. Say that's like how they found you. They're most likely going to go to your social media to get a better idea of what you're like, your services are like. Um, if it's a visual type of service or product that you're offering, they want to look through that. It's a, it's much easier to just scroll through a feed than like go through a portfolio, for example, on a website. So they're going to go there no matter what. So you know, making sure it all kind of like works together, I think is really important. But yeah, if if I was not, you know, a a big focus for me was building up my SEO. So I was blogging a bunch. I was, you know, really active on Instagram. Uh, My goal is always for me for on Instagram, my goal is always to start conversations with people and Mm -hmm. be a resource for them. So when they are ready to take that step, they come to me. I'm very like low key, no uh, pressure with my selling. Um, but, you know, I, I really don't think a lot of that would have happened. And, you know, just just building all of that up, like I literally just don't think I would have <laughs> clients, even the outreach, really, because if I'm doing outreach and I don't have 
more content for them to kind of like sift through. So I actually have one client specifically that told me, we hired you, like we were on the fence because it was, you know, kind of a cold outreach. And she's like, we went to your website and it's a mother and daughter team, which is the cutest thing ever. That is adorable. um, (laughs) They, um, so the mother was like, oh my gosh, you have to come here, like read through her stuff, like, and everything. And she was like really excited. And, and I swear in my copy and everything. So um, they were like, oh my God, that just like spoke to us. Like, you're not like a Steffi, like a marketing person. <laughs> and, you know, they read through like all of my blogs. They went to my Instagram account. They, they, I want my content to be binge worthy. And that is what happened with them. And they immediately were like, yes, this is our person. We are signing with them. Um, so I know specifically. Yeah. So a lot of your hard work, the content you created. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just had someone reach out to me in response to my newsletter that she's, I mean, I've never heard of this person before. And she was like, replied to it being like, yeah, I want to book a session. Like I'm thinking the spring, like I'd love to learn more. So, you know, I think, you know, with, without it, it, to me, it doesn't show that you're like social media, for example, how many times Kate, have we gone to like somebody's social media and we're like, do they even post? Like, are they like alive? Well, like not to, not to say like, yeah. I don't want to discredit because I know people don't, social media is not their thing, but also like certain things. It's to like not have any kind of, con- it's not even web presence. It to not have any kind of content presence. I mean, you might have like a website, but I've been to plenty of businesses or small businesses where they literally have like a homepage and a service page and an about page. And, you know, if you're talking about, an exterminator, great. You know, that's all you need, right? But if you're talking about some kind of, um, you know, like what you do, what Jesse does, you know, there needs to be that like proof other than like that singular testimonial at the bottom. Yeah, they got rid of all the mice in my place. You know, <laughs> it needs to be, there needs to be something more. And if you're claiming to be an expert in, you know, con- content, marketing, photography you need to be able to show that to people and that where else like where else can you do that these days except for social media your personal not again personal not really personal but like your website's blog um you know people getting on tiktok facebook even you know having somewhat of a complete facebook how many businesses have you seen where like you go to their facebook page and it's bare and you're like is this even a business like (laughs) There's nothing. It's nothing out there. And you're like, what the heck? You know, we almost went to a toy shop the other day in um, oh Manchester, New Hampshire, because and there wasn't much information on there. And it turned out to be like a Toyota <laughs> parts shop. And we drove by it. And I'm like, oh, that was the toy shop I wanted because my daughter, you know, I promised my daughter we go to a toy shop and we didn't ha- end up having time. And I'm like, well, that's the toy shop we thought we were going to go to. <laughs> um, but there was like nothing about it. So we didn't go and well, good thing we did it because that would have been super depressing, <laughs> you know? Um, so using content to let people know what you're all about and that, you know, what you're talking about, that you're the expert, you know, and as you talked about, you're using those content pillars as a, as a funnel is genius. Um, yeah. People are going to want to buy, especially if they get to know, like, and trust you, as you said. And through this podcast, I think many people have learned to know, like, and trust you, Mallory. So at least we have. (laughs) We have. 
Thank well, this you. is this has been an excellent conversation. Thank you so much again for sharing that on Instagram. That was it was really empowering, I think, because I feel like especially women are not encouraged to share their, you know, what they've made or it might seem like bragging, whatever. We don't believe in that here. <laughs> uh, so where can people find out more about you and your services? So you can go to my website, which is MalloryMusante.com. Um, that has you know a ton of blog posts, resources, everything, my services as well. And then I am super active on Instagram, which is my handle is just MalloryMusante also. And that's how we found you and got in touch yeah. with you and got you on this podcast. So yes, you are. Yeah, and you were very quick about getting back to us. It was <laughs> awesome. No, it was fantastic. Mallory, thank you so much for coming on the show and chatting. I feel like we're going to have to check in with you beginning of next year to chat to see if you made that 250. So yes, mm, um, we'll have to keep in touch. So thanks. Yeah, thank you. So I think Mallory made some really great points with um, how content creation had supported her six figure year, which I think was also really great that she did that post in general, because so many of us see over and over again, or at least I can speak for myself, so many, let's call them gurus out there telling you you can make this and that each month, when in fact, when you look at the average over the year, you could theoretically be only, you know, revenueing 3k a month but on the average it may look more like the 10k month or whatever so but one of the things that I really loved how she broke down and we've talked about content pillars before but I've never we've mm-hmm. haven't heard it talked about it in this way is the idea of your content pillars being a funnel starting with the engagement then educational connection social proof and then promotion and I immediately thought of the email like sequence that you could use to basically warm your audience, build that know, like, and trust. um, And then finally get to that promotion of what you're pitching or what your offer is. So I thought um, that was, (laughs) she, she definitely went into a lot of detail, but um, you know, that was really one of the big takeaways that I had from our conversation with her. I, and I like how you tied it back to, you know, the, the possibly using that as your email sequence. Um, I know I'll be re I'll be kind of re-examining my own email sequence kind of based on that because that it it really was such a great way to break it all down. Um, I'm gonna take it back just to the money thing because the stacking payments, I had never heard it put that way. Um, but the idea of, you know, 50 up front, 50 down the line after completion. I I think it's because I'm, you know, so much of my work when it comes to my writing clients, when it comes to my influencer like collaborations, it's pretty much accepted that you get paid after you've delivered all of your deliverables and it's they've gone live and and sometimes you even have to like turn in numbers on how it did before you get paid. Um so there's that and I don't really have any way of fighting that. Uh when it comes to my writing clients, though, I've pretty much always asked for payment up front just because I've it's it's an online job. So I've ne- like the only client I've ever met that I write for is you, Jesse. Everybody mm-hmm. else I communicate for, like I usually do a Zoom call at least once with uh, my clients and then it's all via email. And sometimes that can be a little scary for me to like say, okay, you know, you can pay me once it's completed. So I've always done it up front. 
But I do love the idea of, you know, 50 up front and then 50% after the project is over with, because then you can rely on that money. And sometimes, you know, whether it's, you know, I've had one of those lower income months or maybe it's an, a month or there's more payments for some reason, you know, my my hosting comes due for my website or whatever, like one of those yearly expenses that, you know, kind of comes up and hits you in the face and I really should be planning better for it. Um, and I end up spending that money and then I'm not, I'm not able to rely on it later. So that might Mm -hmm. be something that I look at down the line. Um, maybe not like right away. I might try to look at how I can make that work for myself and how I can feel good about that. But that was a really interesting, um, takeaway for me Right on top of that, that content funnel as we'll call, as I figure we'll call it. So yeah. Really, really great episode. It was fascinating to hear her, you know, how much she made and how much content creation played into that. So um, content creation is is a moneymaker, people. We'll just put it that way. Yep. Thank you so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. You can join our Facebook group and you can also follow us on Instagram at Cocktails and Content Creation. And as Jesse said at the beginning of the show, you can review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. I'm Kate Andrews and you can follow me on Instagram at Fashionably Kate and Co. And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos. Make sure to tune in next time for another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. Until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creator. Thank mm-hmm. you.